It was at this moment that he knew. He bucked up. Welcome. You're listening to Bucked Up with Sam Buck. Are you a one-named comedian, or do you just did you give up on people trying to pronounce your last <laughs> That's name? That's literally what happened. Uh, my name is Gerby Laguerre, or Gorby Laguerre. That's what that's what people normally say it as. And so I was like, all right, I'm tired of people messing up my last name. You know, that's my legacy. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna go as Gerby. It's unique enough on its own. Um, and then that's pretty much been it. Yeah. That's what, when did you give like, how far into it were you like, Uh, let me, let me still put my name. uh, I think uh, when I started getting on shows, I think, uh, cause my first, uh, well, I think when I started getting on shows, I was like, oh, maybe people would say it wrong. Uh, And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go as Gerby people. People hear me say it. I hosted a mic last night and you wrote your first and, and last name. name and I didn't even try and yeah, I'm a well, friend of yours. Yeah, sure. I felt bad. I was don't like, I, don't feel bad. No, nah, the reason why I had to I put called my last name. Owen Gallivan. Uh, Owen Sullivan. I called him. <laughs> I fuck up and I'm not even going to try. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, no, I think, um, yeah, my, I had to put my last name in it because that's the thing for the contract tracing thing, right? For Rhode Island. Oh, right. Yeah, so yeah, I have yeah. to put my entire name. But in, in a normal situation, I wouldn't put my entire name. I just put Gerby. And I put in all caps because I have chicken scratch for handwriting. So I like going into establishments and they're like, put whatever fucking name you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I will not name establishments, but there are establishments that they're like, Put Mickey Mouse with a fake number. I don't give a yeah, fuck. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, COVID is very serious. I don't know why people are doing that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. I have uh, I have different feelings about it uh, as time has gone past. But uh, we'll see. Well, that's like I went up to New Hampshire for a show right when COVID, yeah. right when quarantine was starting to let up in yeah. New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. I was doing a show and I went into a gas station to go pee. And I had a mask on and everyone in the gas station turned to me and were like, why the fuck are you wearing a mask? And I was like, this is New Hampshire. Like, yeah, you've been a boom, boom. Yeah. I, I, I wear one no matter what. Uh, this, this is the thing. Like, uh, I'm black. And so people can see that right away. So to make people more comfortable when they, who knows, uh, I wear a mask everywhere I go, no matter what. If you wear a mask walking into my apartment building. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's weird. COVID is a weird, weird situation. I'm not an, a doctor or, or a scientist, so. Uh, oh, wait, that's why I got you on this podcast. I, I thought am. you were a doctor <laughs> and a scientist. Nah, unfortunately, I am neither. All I, I'm good at is eating booty and... Uh, <laughs> That's about it. Uh, no, I'm just, just, just that. Just that. And work in a crowd. You can work a crowd. Like ah, no I try. I try. I try. That's, thank you. Thank you, by the way. Of course. I try, but I try to do that. But You are a comedian? I am a comic. A com- do you call yourself a comic, a comedian, or a stand-up? It depends how I feel. I, I, they, they all mean different things, actually, to be... Like, yeah, like comedians a, like a whole. A comedian is like a whole arching. Like you're a performer, you write, you produce, you, you do all type of things in different mediums. Funny, while a comic is mostly, I think, stand up, uh, and stand up is just another. Just you know, 
comedy is the umbrella and stand-up falls beneath that as a like, form of comedy. Yeah, stand-up is like a fancier, like if you said to like a civilian, I love calling non-comedians civilians. civilians. I call mortals. I call mortals. <laughs> mortals a good mortals. one. <laughs> no, but when you're like, oh, I'm a comic, they will they sometimes don't know what, if they don't know yeah, comedy. Don't know, so when you comic. say I'm a stand but you also sound pretentious as fuck. Like, when you say comic? I'm a stand-up. Uh, no. I see, I could see that. I, I would hate you. I like to call myself me. a comedian. Comedian. <laughs> uh, no, I, I just say I do comedy. I say that. I, I do, co- but that do sounds comedy. like I don't like saying that. I do say I it, but I, do. I don't really tell people too often, uh, unless you know me. If you don't, if I don't know you, like I, I remember a friend was talking about. Uh, oh, do you go around telling women that you do stand up? I was like, no. Why? For what? I like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, I want uh, if I get them, you know, to give them uh, to. Pre- convince them to give me their number or something to go out with them. I want it to be off the strength of my charms and uh, my smoothness and all that other nonsense, but it's not going to be because I'm a comedian. Uh, the thing is we're at such a low level. It doesn't mean anything anyway. And some of the best comedians are unknown people. They're not famous. And that so is true. it's, it's never, it's never going to be something I use as a, to, to leverage. Now I will say this. I have two dreams. My first dream is to take care of my mom as she gets older, you know, She's very young. My mom is 23. Uh, <laughs> she's single? <laughs> she is single. No, she's not, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but I don't know if she likes to get around still. Uh, let me stop. Um, <laughs> is she going to be mom, listening? I hope my mom never sees this, uh, <laughs> especially this part. Uh, I'm joking. I'm absolutely joking. Uh, and she's then a big you, fan of Buck, though. Uh, very big fan. Uh, you're blowing up, baby boy. I'm proud of you, man, to be honest with you. I appreciate uh, that. Uh, Give me I, your second dream. I'm not trying to be serious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't be serious. Give <laughs> okay, me your second okay. dream. Let's get back to it. Uh, second dream is for me to get free crap, free shit, uh, meaning I could curse, obviously. But uh, okay, my dream is to walk into a comedy club, right? Any comedy club in the in, in United States. Let's say the United States. And then people are like, hey, Gerby, you want everything on the house, you know, just free food. And I could just eat freely whenever I want. So whenever I am hungry, I just leave my home, go down the street to like the comedy studio or the comedy seller hopefully one day in the future and then uh, they just feed me because I'm, I'm, I'm a funny guy that's so you just want to be fed you don't want money from comedy to get you food you just want food you don't you're like don't pay me anything whatever comedy club i go to i will not yeah. be paid anything other i'm being than food dead serious too weekend. people think i'm joking all the time it's like, oh you don't want to be like a really famous you know rich comic i'm like not really like uh fame does famous i think uh it's a weird concept in our society. Okay, I'm getting serious again. But the problem is, is like I don't wanna, I don't want it for that. I don't want it for that. Uh, I'm actually a very introvert. I'm both. I have both features, obviously. Uh, you have siblings? Uh, yes, I have a ton of siblings. Yeah. Okay, so I'm an only child, and I am introvert and extrovert because of that. But also, I like to tell everyone everything because I'm like, uh, oh, I need to prove, I need to prove because I've never uh, proven it. So interesting. Uh, that's kind of why I, I have like a ton of, ton of siblings, but they, I didn't grow up with my siblings. Okay. So uh, most of my siblings are down in Haiti. I, see, I am Haitian, if you were confused by the non-Haitian um, accent. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but uh, I am Haitian, and uh, I grew up here on my own with my mom. Uh, and her many, many boyfriends. Um, were you born in Haiti or were you born here? Born Haiti, born in Haiti, grew up here. Yeah. I came here when I was about one or two or 18 years old. I'm not sure when I got here. But uh, yeah, but I came here when I was a baby. So yeah, I, I'm mostly uh, what you call the, a corrupt Haitian that I'm very Americanized. Very American. <laughs> they don't like, they don't, like my friends would be like, you're not Haitian enough or, or you're not Haitian at all uh, because of my 
my lack of um, Haitian accent. Well, that's really funny because I grew up on Cape Cod and mm. there is a parallel to this that growing up, all my family would buy. You know when you're growing up and like you have to wear what clothes are bought for you? Yeah. All my family would buy me is like Vineyard Vines, like super preppy. Like Ooh. I was like that kid. Wow. Like boat shoes. And you know me now and that's not how I dress. You don't dress like that. At all. But like that's, it was so like, that wasn't me. I felt like I maybe, was in like a disguise. Maybe your family saw the Jufro in the future and decided to like make you look very nice. <laughs> I used to have long platinum blonde wavy hair. I don't know what happened. All the just, ladies are very disappointed. The more cynical I got, it just <laughs> crunched. It just crunched. You just became up. more Jewy. Exactly. You got, as you got older. My dreams are, I just want to make enough to live off comedy. Mm. Be happy mm. and live off comedy. That's one. And two is... So I got into comedy when I, I talked about this on the last episode, but when I was 16, I got in a hockey accident and uh, I had to lay in a dark room for a month and I Ooh. just listened to comedy. That's all I did for that month because I couldn't even listen to music. So I fell in love with it. I listened to podcasts and comedy. Wow. So like as I fell in love with comedy, I fell in love with podcasting too. Allah, why I have this. But um, <laughs> I had to, I had to do the drop. It's my favorite thing in the yeah, world. Yeah. But one of my dreams is to just interview people that I want to talk to because right. it's very rare that you just have conversations with people now long term. Right. Right. So like I've already been able to do that. <laughs> like I get to talk to friends for long. Like when am I and you and I just get to talk like this for right. an hour, right. and I get to interview rappers and producers right. and Sean Vig, the yoga right. instructor that got me into yoga, like people who I really look up to. And that's just, you shouldn't I, look up to a vegan, uh, not vegan, but a yoga instructor. A yoga instructor. Yeah. Yeah. That's really weird. That's a very low bar. <laughs> I love yoga. He's the number one male yoga instructor on YouTube. Uh, that's also very sad. Uh, <laughs> that's like a sad stat. That's no. like a, I'm the number one yoga guy on YouTube. <laughs> I love, I that's love, very, yoga has changed my life. Has uh, it? Yeah. In what, it way? Has. In what way? In what way? Uh, I wasn't it? a flexible person. I also like, I could. Well, you were born flexible. Like I was, I was very stiff. Like, I was yeah, but babies stiff. are very flexible. And I was, a, lose I was a stiff baby. Okay, you was a stiff baby. <laughs> I came out like you a was board. A <laughs> you was a stiff boy. Ah, there you go. Like, there we go. Yeah. We got bugged up. Yeah. Everybody love everybody. There we go. Um, no, but I yoga, when I started doing it, it really, like, I wasn't sore in the morning. I had hurt. Mm. I wasn't sore at night. Like, uh, I'm a runner, and I had hurt my calf, right. and I had to take running off for, like, two months, right. and that fucked up my mental state. Right. right. And so with yoga, I don't get hurt. Like my injuries don't happen because every morning I'm stretching. You're stretching, yeah. Except I've been, I have to be honest, I've been real lazy the past few weeks. I, I can't blame you. Have you? Is yeah. Is it like a wave? Uh, I think as the weather gets, like as it's summer turns into fall, I think there's a weird like um, sadness that com comes along with it. Like, because you, you, what you're seeing is the trees are dying. They're not... Like it's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful death. But that's what's happening. They're, that's they're, why I just sit in nursing homes and <laughs> watch them die and say how beautiful it is. <laughs> nah, I, I I love older elderly people um, because they they've lived uh, for such a long time. And the only advice they usually give you is to live your life to the fullest as you can while you still have it. And I think that's a that's a which is important that you find things that you enjoy. You mm -hmm. know, that's what. Like in terms of my genesis of doing comedy was because of that was I was like, I need to do something that I enjoy, something I could 
because you know, I, you know, when you're when you're a young guy, I think you're aimless for a long time because mm-hmm. you feel like you have so much time to get things. How done. old are you? I am thirty now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and you have so much time to just play around. And so when I started comedy, uh, I was like, at that time, I was like twenty eight, and I was like, uh, I want to do something I enjoy for once. I'm not going to do something uh, that's going to be like money driven. I want to do something that I passionately love. And if money comes from that, if I get really good at it, money will come. And that's kind of the way I kind of live my life. There's no reason to chase a paycheck um, because ultimately if you're great, it'll come. You'll, well, I'll be able to make money from it whenever I want. We, uh, it's, that's funny how those kind of tie together. So mm-hmm. I'm 23. I'm young. And the only reason that I feel like spiritual or any connection is because I did find that passion early with that hockey right. accident right. where I've just like, this is it. I know, like, I don't care what happens. This is it. And I feel lucky that I found it right. at an earlier age. Right. And that's also because like old people are like, just like, you don't want to have any regrets of things you don't do. Mm. So that's, I, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to regret, I regret anything. I know mm. what I need to do. I right. know, I know when I close my eyes, what path I need to follow. Yeah. So I will follow that. But saying that, I've been staying out too late doing mics <laughs> because I want to become friends with people. Like being friends is a big part of it. So then you stay out late. Uh, and then when I get home late, I don't want to work out in the morning. And uh, then I lose the passion for working out. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, let's talk about this real quick. What you did last night that made you lazy this morning in particular. Uh, <laughs> Sam Buck went to a strip club. For the first time in my life, Baby. I went to a now, strip club last night. Yeah. Now, because I'm a man. Post quarantine. It's, it's still quarantine. It's not post. Because uh, we're still in a soft lockdown. So it's not until we get fully out of lockdown. It's post quarantine. It was like a fish tank. Yeah, a fish tank. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Um, now, because I'm a man of principles, very little, but uh, very few principles. But the one night, I went to a strip club once and I said I would never go back uh, after going that one time. So that's the only reason why I didn't come with you. Uh, I wanted to go just to see your. Your reaction to being in the strip club for the first time, um, but I kept going. This is such a great bit. It's my mom's birthday, and I'm at a strip club for the first time. This is a great bit, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up! Stop talking about comedy right now." We're at a strip club. I'm like, That's "No, titties. you have There's to titties. understand how great of a bit this is. That it's my mom's birthday, and out. I am at the strip club. <laughs> Corona is literally in the air, and you're." You're sitting here thinking about jokes. <laughs> but that's how comedians are. We're exactly. broken. Exactly. I don't care. People. I also don't care about it that much. Right. Like, I don't. I, it was fun as an experience, mm. and I'm happy I went. Mm. But it's also like, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoy people enjoying me. Ah. So, why? So, yeah. I don't need someone to force themselves to want to give me attention. Interesting. Because I would rather just go to talk to someone yeah, yeah, yeah. and try to get that attention yeah. off of merit you're such a narcissist that you couldn't enjoy (laughs) yourself because they wasn't being honest about them enjoying you you know exactly where through comedy people are being genuine when they laugh at your Mm -hmm. jokes they're not trying to fake it um that's interesting that's why like i'm a semi did you get a lap dance no because it's corona there's no all it is is it's like there's a the stage has glass walls and they like fish tank rub, yeah. yeah they rub their titties up against up against the glass it's more plastic and then 
That and is then, a great bit. And then, great wait, bit. no, this is the best part. The glass is so high that I was the only person who could put money <laughs> over it. So, like, everyone kept handing me money to put over because they're too short to do it. Motherfucker, uh, I cannot pay attention to titties because this is God job telling yeah, me that this is a funny ass. He was doing the Lord's work. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Getting the money to these young, 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 young. Um, no, they were, they were pretty old. It was a, it was a, pretty old. It was a Tuesday night. What is that? What is it? Like 35. 30, that's 30 young. That's young. I'm, I'm 23. I'm 23. Yeah, but this is the problem. See, this is a funny thing. You're 23 now. Uh, and when I was 23, I thought people were 30. People who are 30, um, the age I am now, were ancient. Um, you, you'll start to notice as you get into like the 25, 26. I don't think that's true because a lot of my friends are you 45, 50. Like I have a lot of old friends, but strippers, 35 for a stripper. That's like that's 35. Old? That's like 35 for a basketball Were they in good player. Shape? Yes, but that's like 35 for a basketball player. You're like, you need to retire soon. How did you know they were 35? What, what about them gave away 35 physically? I'm curious to hear this. They had the stomach who had a couple babies. <laughs> they, had, they have the like the forehead that doesn't move because they started getting the wrinkles. <laughs> like, how much more do you want? This chick was 35. <laughs> okay, guys. Basically, we this can is tell. a self-help podcast. We can tell everyone. when you're old ladies. We can tell when you're old. <laughs> You know what I can tell age by, and this might sound creepy, but hands. You can always tell someone's age by how their hands look. What does that mean? I'm confused by that. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know, because I feel like I have young hands. Like, even though, <laughs> even though I look like, I don't look 23. Like, I feel like I look like 27, 28, but my hands, my hands are young <laughs> I hands. young hands. I have young hands. <laughs> I'm going to start saying, instead of tiny hands, I'm going to say I have young hands. Oh, do you have small hands, too? I have small too? hands, I have too. Small hands let's too. see. Let's see. Who's... Oh, my. Okay. You got me in the thumbs. You got I got you in the thumbs, but yeah, nothing else. I have an unusually small thumb then. Okay. But I'm much taller than you. Yeah, that's weird. You're very not well proportioned. No. Uh, no one in my family's tall. My dad's 5'10". My mom's 5'8". Or my dad's 5'11". My mom's 5'8". Okay, 5'11". But I'm 6'4". Your mom is 5'8"? Mm-hmm. That's a tall woman. It is a tall, but I'm six four. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I'm also the only person with curly hair in my family. You're the only Jufro. Uh, you don't yeah. have the Jufro. That's unfortunate. There was a Jew in your family at some point, somewhere. I'm like Mayflower white. I don't know. I don't know if that means anything, but they, they could just be one Jew. In I don't family. know my heritage at all. You like, what you are. And like, if someone was like, well, I just say Mayflower white because I don't give a fuck. And you're from the European places, probably, possibly. Yeah. Northern European because you have blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Is your eyes are, are your eyes blue? I can't my tell. My eyes are blue. Oh, so yeah, so, yeah. They're usually blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're <laughs> a headless dream. Uh, <laughs> no, it's curly. I would oh, yeah. My nose. Young. You do look Jewish. Alan Fitzgerald calls me Jew face. Yeah. Oh, Catch him go. coming up on an episode soon. Jewy hair. I think that's more appropriate than a Jew face. Uh, but uh, no, I don't know. I've seen a p- plenty of Jews that don't look Jewish. At all, but they're Jews, and they have blonde hair, blue eyes, also. So I don't know what that means, but um, maybe <laughs> Hitler's nightmare. Uh, Hitler's, <laughs> I am Hitler's nightmare. Yeah, Hitler's yeah. nightmare. Uh, no, I, I think um, no, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, back to the strip club. Oh yes. So no the- lap dance. No lap. You could tell how old women were mm-hmm. by the baby C-section scar. Like, they weren't C-section, but it was just loose skin. Loose skin. Maybe she's just a lazy stripper. Maybe, possibly. No, she was tight. <laughs> she was tight. <laughs> she was tight. 
Um, all right, let me tell you about mine then. Uh, that's yeah, let's hear your first uh, my strip. My strip club. I went. I went um, to a strip club uh, for the first time, and um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just did you go by yourself or did you go with friends? I went. I went by myself. I went by myself. And uh, I usually tell people I went with somebody else, so it would be less sad. Uh, so no. anyone that told that story before, yeah, I there was a there was a lone twenty-one-year-old uh, man with a ponytail. That was that was me, basically. Did you have a ponytail? No, no ponytail. Right, so you're not uh, as sad as him. I, I, <laughs> ponytail makes it sadder. <laughs> ponytail makes, <laughs> it, makes sad. it sadder. I went. I I I always do things because I was like, oh, I want to try this, and um, except for drugs and stuff like that, that I have no interest in. Uh, but I, I care about experiences and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, you know, I want to say I went to a strip club. That's the mm-hmm. reason why I went. And so I found one, looked it up on Google, and I went. And um, and I was like, ah, man, I don't know. This is weird. This is, uh, this is a very strange thing. There's a naked woman, black woman, uh, very chocolatey. Uh, black woman, by the way, very dark. Where very where was this strip club? This was in, uh, where was this place? Um. Between Brockton and Stoughton, I think. Some, somewhere in between there. I'm not sure. I don't remember anymore. But the point is, this was a while ago, by the way. It's almost 10 years ago now. Anyway, so I went. Uh, my pastor's not going to be happy if he sees us. <laughs> yeah, I was very religious. Anyway, but uh, so I went. And I was like, all right, I want to say I went to a strip club. So I went. Mm-hmm. And then I walk in there and there's this naked, like, you know, chocolatey, um, chocolatey lady um, dancing and vagina's out. Very clean, clean, completely clean shaven. And there's this fat white dude's watching her or whatever, looking at her. I'm like, all right, cool. This is weird. There's a bar, there's food. I'm like, all right, let me order a sandwich. I thought, why not? The sandwich was horrible. Uh, I like that you remember the thing. I remember like, the sandwich. I remember she was shaved and I remember it was a turkey club. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a seal. You know what I'm saying? Like she looked, she, she looked, looked like seal. What like happened a, to her a face? Seal, oh. A seal. Uh, no, <laughs> I thought you meant very, the no hair on her. Uh, her pussy, a, her pussy nice looked mustache. like seal. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me stop. Did she uh, fuck up her shaving? <laughs> <laughs> she was very clean down there. Uh, anyway, uh, I, like, I like bushes. I like bushes down there. One I of the like strippers shit. had a little thing on her butt. What do you mean, thing? Like a tail? No, like she hadn't cleaned a little bit off her butt. Like it might have been like some toilet paper, like maybe like a, it was like. Where the hell did you go? <laughs> you went to a club in Providence? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, so I was like, all right, cool. And then I was like, I was nervous. I was like, and you know, those big booty girls all over the place, obviously. And then there was no booty girls in there too, which was interesting. I thought that was very nice balance, you know. Variety is good in this. It was a large variety. A large variety. And no big black titties, women, though. No black women. I was, so, I was upset. Racist. And I was surprised and upset. Uh, whatever. They're not, maybe the girls in problems don't want to strip. It was also weird that I was hanging out. With Thatcher. With Thatcher. And this random black girl. Yeah, just that I had I'm not going to say her name. She's not, she's not a comic, so I'm not going to expose her name. But the point is, yeah, that's the, very the, strange. The strippers loved her. Of course they did. Women love women when they come, you know worship them and stuff like that it makes sense anyway uh so you know and she anyway. all right back to your anyway so club. i'm scared I, it wasn't it might have been a turkey i don't remember what it was but it was very nasty so i sit down i'm like all right I, how do i i see this big booty one i'm like okay maybe i should talk to her because i like big butts uh maybe i can get and you cannot lie i can't yeah right, right. <laughs> and so i was like nah but i can't really handle that you know i'm not gonna i'm not ah, i'm too scared by the way i'm still i'm a young man at the time too so all the You're a young man still. This is true. I, I, I look younger than my age, but it doesn't matter. The point is... You have young hands. Thank you. You have young hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
And finally, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I, I just got frozen, you know, by the choice, the variety. And finally, one girl comes out and she comes up to me. She comes, walks up to me. You want to dance? I'm like, yeah, okay. So she gives me a lap dance, 15 bucks. I'm like, all right, cool. All right, I've had enough. Uh, and then um, she comes back and she's like, oh, do you want me? You want to go on the back? So I'm thinking in my brain, all the movies I've ever seen was like, oh, me and this girl are going to have sex in the back. <laughs> That's, that's everything. Flooded. Oh, I'm going to have sex with this girl. That's in your it. young brain. It is my young brain. I was like, oh, this is what's going to happen. I don't know if I should or I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. I'm not sure. Uh, so I, we go in the back. And then she's like, oh, touch me wherever you want. Stick my hands wherever you like. I'm like, ah, I don't want to do. I don't want to. I really don't want to touch you, honestly. Um, it's weird. This is a very weird thing. Yeah. My first time here. I'm explaining all this. She don't care. Uh, I thought she did. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really comfortable. That she's like, okay, no problem. I'll do all the work. I'm like, all right, great. So I lay back, whatever. <laughs> by the way, I was wearing jeans, by the way. Uh, I learned this after the fact. Um, you don't wear jeans to a strip club. You don't wear athletic pants. To a strip you don't wear athletic. You're supposed to wear like a really weird old man. You got to wear sweatpants. Don't wear sweatpants. You gotta wear sweatpants. It gotta be. You guys, so you're gonna stand up, just rock hard, and walk, you and do, you're son. not wearing sweatpants. You gotta sweatpants. do what you gotta do, son. That's what you gotta do, son. <laughs> uh, you're wasting your money if you're wearing jeans. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I was gonna get road rash. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. What's uh, sweatpants? She, women like sweatpants. Anyway, so I'm thinking to, uh, okay, so then she starts telling me her sob story. She has three kids, blah, blah, blah. Her baby daddy ain't nothing. You know, it might've been multiple baby, baby daddy, but she said only one. So I was like, all right, cool. I mean, this girl's consistent. She has was she from Woonsocket? I have no <laughs> Woonsocket, maybe. Women from Woonsocket love talking shit about their baby daddy. Yeah, it's, that's possibly every woman that has a baby daddy, but that's, but I'm not sure. Anyway, so I start feeling sad for her. So I'm like, you know what? Let's do another hour. <laughs> for therapy you're her therapist I felt, I felt bad I felt guilty <laughs> I was like this baby daddy ain't taking care I'll be the baby daddy for at least another hour why not I'll pay the bills uh, and uh, <laughs> and so I'm like alright there was a connection there maybe I should try to talk to this girl you know right because I'm, I'm a very good I'm very good at choosing women and um, and so afterwards I'm leaving and I'm like alright I'm going to wave to her like, bye and she doesn't even look at me. She just grabs her food and walks away. Doesn't say. She looked at me. I saw. We made eye contact. Oh, so she wow. saw me. But uh, and I was like, oh, your I'll broken. never be here. I'll <laughs> never come back. And that's my. <laughs> that was your tainted, your tainted experience from a strip club. <laughs> it's because one broke your heart. My heart wasn't broken. I just felt like she should have been more grateful. You know what I'm saying? Like you I did I, pay for another. I, I spent. By, I forget how much now. Over four hundred dollars, if not over five hundred dollars that night. Okay, I understand. You should never, ever, ever go back to a yeah, strip club. It was this is a self-help podcast. <laughs> you need to never go back to a strip club. If I, go to of, I spent twenty-five dollars, and I was like, "Uh-uh, this is too much." Good for you. You're much, much better than I. Um, that's why I get for going by myself, honestly. Uh, yeah, somebody, you should have gone with Thatcher Wood and a random Yeah, I should have some random black girl from um, Providence. Um, nah, but it was it, it taught me a lesson that uh, that I that uh, women in general um, they're good at pretending, you know. And uh, and I was like, oh, this girl convinced me like the story, and I felt bad for her, and you know the way she was touching me and things like that. But it was literally all the endorphins my brain you know mm -hmm. going and touching me and touching me and things like that that you know it was like well i mean it, i have all the feelings of about to have sex without 
Well, that's why, like, I don't like... That's why I didn't like it. it was I don't love hook... Like, I don't like hooking up that much. Because it's like, I know that's just my brain trying to get me to have a kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all those feelings I have for wanting to have, like, a one-night stand or something right. is just my brain being like, reproduce, reproduce. Like, that's biologically what it is. So I can cut that off and be like, I want a good night's sleep. I don't really need this. Whatever. And I just walk away. <laughs> Also, it feels really good to nut. Okay, it feels really nice. I hear the girls um, have a much better situation. Their their orgasm lasts for like twenty seconds, thirty seconds. Uh, that's very unfair. Uh, but it feels great. It feels great to nut. So I think there's a lot of that too, just to nut again, find another nut. I don't know. Like uh, I've changed the, the one night stand thing. It's very interesting. Um, I I was about to lie and say I don't do them. I still do them. But the thing is. Uh, I, but the way, damn, I don't want to reveal any of this. Uh, I understand. So you part can, of me, because I'm a private person, but that, that, I do understand. I'll just, I'll just say this piece. Well, uh, okay, I can change this. The I, way, no, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'm ready here. I might as well yeah. keep swimming. Um, uh, the way sex happens, is going to be depending on, in that moment, I noticed that during one night stands, I am more, what you call, uh, vicious. I am more more aggressive, way, way more aggressive. And because uh, I think in a weird way, I know this is wrong. I don't know. It's like, I shouldn't be doing this to this girl. Like we're not going to, I'm not going to bother knowing her name, learning her name in any way, shape or form. It doesn't really matter. And, and there's a part of me that doesn't like that anymore to a certain degree. I still like sex, having sex and stuff like that. But, uh, and so there's a part of me that craves some more than that. Yeah. I'm gonna be I'm be honest again. Uh, I've been really I don't know down lately because I when I was at that age when I went to the strip club I thought by now by the time I reached thirty I'll have a bunch of kids running around you know out of wedlock and stuff like that I thought that's what would be happening by now with a bunch of strippers uh, not strippers just you know random baby mamas uh, in one socket and I, I thought that's what would I be doing by now I thought I'll have a two or three maybe uh, the maximum I want is 22 that's that's the max you're the max uh, 11 on defense 11 on offense you have uh, a whole team. football team and that's what i wanted um because i grew up alone as a single child uh even though i have a ton of siblings and stuff like that but yeah that's what i want but um i realized you know i can't tell women stuff like that because they get scared so i say two i lie and say two but it's really another two behind that um but then, uh yeah but i thought i would have 18 and then the 18 that. more after that what's all with one woman one all with, with one woman damn and I, she's and gonna I, look like Jabba the Hutt by the end, oh, jello legs, gosh. like not be able to. Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. That's not a good analogy. I was just trying to think of someone with no yeah, legs. I wouldn't want her to get to, fat. Like. That's not what I was even. Ta- I wasn't even talking about. Weight. All I do is feed her and then nut inside of her and just eat. You ever see the movie Bone Tomahawk? Real fucked up. No, never seen it. Okay, There's we'll a, talk about it later. Ah, uh, but that's what I thought, and I, it's really it's now that I'm chasing comedy. Like I have to like almost sacrifice my youth um, mm. to become really good at it, to be able to do all the things that I want. My two dreams accomplish both of my dreams and stuff like that. So I, so all my baby making, I, I have to kind of push that aside for now. So you don't want a kid now that comedy? I can't, I can't have a kid now. Do you want to be someone who's older like Tom Segura? You know what? Not that you're him because he's so successful, but like he had right. a kid later in his life once he became. Well, I, I would never bring a kid into the world um, currently. I'm a very bad person currently. I'm very selfish, very self-centered. I'm a narcissist. 
I'm, I'm a lot of these things now. I, I can't have a kid. I can't bring a kid in the world right now. And financially, just, uh, just being honest, uh, I don't make enough money to be able to take care of myself the woman I get pregnant and then the kid. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's very irresponsible. And uh, that's why my pullout game is so strong is because I always think that flashes before my eyes. I can't afford this. And then I pull out. You're uh, like, I gotta buy a beer <laughs> and a mic. I need a 401k. Ah! Uh, okay. Well, you actually, you don't drink. I don't drink. And I don't, you, you don't, don't do drugs. drugs. You don't smoke. Even the cool drugs. I don't do any, any of the cool. Does drugs. that, um, does that affect your like hooking up? Like, uh, is that weird being well, sober? You know how I say I'm selfish and very narcissistic, right? Yeah. Uh, when I sex for me is not like, oh, I get to. This is another opportunity for me to nut. My, it's more for me to like, okay, I'm gonna try to please this person. Yeah, it's more about that. Uh, uh, young, when I was younger, yeah, it was all about. <laughs> it was all about. It was all about getting nuts. I like that you just like full on flashback. Yeah, yeah. I want. I wish I got like a freeze frame of your face. Nutty, 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 You're like now I'm older. No, no, it's about pleasing more than anything else. But the thing is, like me, I want the girl to remember. That's the other place. That's where the narcissism comes in. I want her to remember me. Like you know, I was, I made you. You know, enjoy it. When did you make the decision to be be sober? Be, or was that always uh, in your well that's uh my childhood was riddled with uh you know i have people in my family who drank yeah alcohol and they got beat up and i saw that and i was like okay alcohol equals getting beat up i don't want to get beat up okay i'm not gonna drink any alcohol and drugs i grew up around a lot of crackheads you mm -hmm. know drug users and i was like i just saw these people as use losers you know why knows i see why knows losers so i always saw these people as losers so i didn't want to be a loser so i didn't do those things. And then when I got to college, it was more like, oh, we do this for fun. And I was like, well, I don't need it for fun because I've done it. When I go to a party, I hear music, I dance. Yeah. I don't need to be loosened up by anything. I don't need to lower my inhibitions to be able to go out there and make a fool of myself. And so uh, it became like, oh, I don't need it. I see why people use it. People use it to, you know, people use it for everything. To uh, loosen up. To, to loosen up. I don't like drinking that much. I right. really like as I'm, as I've moved as I get older, I say that being 23 years old, but it's like, I don't, drinking isn't, I've had too much to drink oh, before. Right, right. I've, I ruined a hotel room in oh, Vegas. There you go. Okay, <laughs> throwing go. up. No, but I just, I don't like drinking that much, but smoking, I was always such an anxious person. Like, right. I, like I couldn't talk to anyone. I didn't want to do it. All I wanted to do was eat and play video games because it was <laughs> easy. Like it's easy and it's fun. Yeah. Like yeah. people get addicted to video games because it's such an easy way to progress. And we're life. losers in a lot yeah. of ways too. You know, we but don't know how to socialize properly. But when I started smoking, I was like, oh you are a loser for doing this. So that's when I started working out. Like I started running. I started right. doing yoga. You, got your, you had your heart broken also. That was a part of it. Too. Well, this was bef even before that. Oh. Getting the heart broke, my heart broken, I was in a, uh, a stagnant place. Oh, okay. I was 20. I'm 20. You know how when you hear people like, oh, you're 23, you don't know. You don't yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that's what I felt like. That's I was in the relationship I was going to be in. I had caught, like, I just felt stagnant. Okay. And I stopped trying. And when girls see you stop trying, they're like, yeah. What? I mean, and then I stopped. And then when I got my heart broken, I was like, oh, I realized I need to kick myself into gear. Right. And that's when I lost 50 pounds. I started the podcast, which has been pretty successful so far. Congrats. Thank you. I don't, but it's like, 
I just needed to push myself. Like right. you can't stay stagnant. You can't be complacent in your own life. Yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, I like peace now that I'm older. I like peace. I like serenity. I like uh, when there's nothing going on. I appreciate nothing in us now. Um, but you go to Mike's every night, so it's okay. Not like- See, that's different. See, my passion. Nothing is above my passion. Stand-up comedy is number one, always. And I'm going to do everything I can within it to be successful. So I'm going to learn how to act. I'm going to learn how to write scripts and all that nonsense. I'm going to learn how to produce things like that, edit and all that crap. Um, Podcasting, probably going to do that again at some point. Well, that's, it's like. But I'm, but see, but that's, that's my passion. So I don't have time for peace uh, while I'm pursuing my passion. So what I'm saying is when, let's say after a show, for example, I go home, my favorite part is just to lay in bed, think about the set, if it went well, didn't go well, whatever, and just be quiet. That's my favorite, right before I go to bed. That's like my favorite thing above everything else. Uh, but in terms of comedy, uh, it's mine. It's like number two. So I do everything I can to, to pursue that. Um, you and, and I and Evan Zygmunt, former guest on this podcast. Evan! We're all, Evan! Yeah. We're all the first people who would be at Mike's. Right. This is true. Yeah, but I, I, I love comedy. I love comedy too. Right. And so it's, it's I don't know, I guess we're multiple things at one time. So I'm, 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 uh, I like going out, doing comedy, but I also like being on my own because I'm both introvert and extrovert at the same time. So I love both things um, equally probably, but I do love my peace probably more than anything else. As I've gotten older, as I've gotten older for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, but it is what I love comedy more than anything else and it's my passion it's my love but i don't want it to be my only thing because i feel like you get cynical with it like i want to be able to draw from things to talk about like i like having experiences as we said in the earlier podcast like have experiences to talk about in stand-up or study yoga or meditation or spirituality or to be able to expand this database that I have to talk about on stage. Right. You, the biggest advice I was given, cause I was doing comedy every night. Uh, when I first started, I was doing, uh, uh, I was doing like 14 mics, 15 mics a week or something like that. Something crazy like that. And it, it, I got sick really quickly after like a month or two of doing that. And um, somebody was like, no, you have to do mics like four times, three times a week. So you can live your life. You have to go out, hang out with friends, get into relationships, get out of relationships, ruin relationships, ruin somebody's life if you can. And then, then you could pour it back into comedy. But the thing with me is like, well, everybody's different. Not everybody follows the same road. Uh, so I lessened it, you know, and then I'll take weeks off. Like I'll have a week where I'll just be like, all right, I'm going to only go do two mics this week. I'm going to only do three mics this week. But it really would end up doing five. I don't get burned out from mics, but when I was at my busiest, I was working 40 hours a week. Right. I was in a long distance. Oh, yeah. I was in a long distance relationship where I was right. and I was doing eight mics a week, eight yeah. to ten mics a week. And that was, I was burnt out with that. Ah, yeah, that's what it, that's where I'm at. Well, before COVID, that's where my comfortability, because I have a 40, I work 40 hours too. And then um, driving and then I was, I, I drove, like, I, I live, North Grafton's close to here, right? Lancaster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I worked there and then I would drive into Boston every night and, uh, and do comedy. So for me, it, it's just like, I make time for the things that I want. And so I made time for that. Um, yeah, I was tired all the time and all that, but uh, I sucked really, really badly when I started. So I just figured uh, I got to just put more 
more effort into it. And, um, but the quarantine, actually, I learned something. The quarantine taught me that I don't have to pour as much like man hours into comedy to get better. Uh, I could watch more podcasts. I could watch more specials. I could do, I could write more. I could do more of those things. And that helps just as much. Listen to my sets because I'll just record, I'll listen to my sets on the way home and then I'll never listen to it again. Mm. And then after a while, I'll just forget about that, that set, that performance, whatever. But then during the quiz, I started going back, listening to horrible sets, the sets I didn't want to listen to again. Good ones. So, so ones, some ones I thought were great. And then I went and listened to it. I was like, ah, it was just. That happens a lot. Like yeah. you feel like you killed and then yeah. you get off stage and you listen to it and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. But what was big about the quarantine is that I started listening to things back a year ago when I had a good set at the time. And then I listened to something. I have a good set now. Recently, I'm like, oh, those are two different. Those are two different good sets. I did well here, but here I was so quick. I was speaking too fast. I was just trying to get the jokes out. Yeah. Because I have no confidence. But now versus now, I take my time more deliberate when I speak. And now there's more confidence. I'm not scared of the joke not working. I know it's going to work. And so that, that's, that was a great learning. Like, oh, I am improving to see that. So I think I start doing that, reflecting after a year pass and go back and listen to the stuff that were good, see if I did get better, stuff like that. So that's something I'm going to, the quarantine helped me out with. How do you, what is your writing style? Like how, when you write, what do you do? Do you sit um, down with a notebook? Do you? Uh, it's a mixture. Um, Writing for me, um, I record a lot of my sets uh, and then I write them, I rewrite them, stuff like that. And then when I rewrite them, it gives me time to be like, oh, this doesn't make sense. Okay, I can add this in here. Oh, oh this doesn't actually have a punchline. Let me add this punchline here. So it's a mixture of the two. Um, I write every day. Um, do you set a timer? No, 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 no. Uh, so I do, it's a mixture. So when I was having writing problems, uh, early on, uh, I was like, damn, how do I solve my writing problem? I, I watched a video where they give advice about, um, go to a news website or whatever. I would go to Google and then click the news tab and then they'll have all the top news and then give those headlines punchlines. Mm. And that would force me to come up with different types of jokes. So I'll, I'll write jokes about Syria, <laughs> stupid things like that. I write jokes about uh, Hillary Duff, you know, and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, okay. All right. I could just do jokes like this, superficial. But they, these are timely jokes. These have a time frame with the news in particular. And then I, and then I was like, okay, let me start self-reflecting. Let's go inside. That was more out, like the world and stuff like that. But let me start going inside. And then I started thinking about um, things that happened to me when I was a child, things that were awkward, weird, stupid, painful uh, uh, things I didn't want to talk about, mm-hmm. things like that. And so it became more like five or 10 jokes about my mom. Or I want to write about uh, my dad, which I tried to do earlier this year for the first time. Yeah. Very painful. Uh, I'm not, listening, keep going. Yeah, but not, not painful in the way that it was, uh, it hurt me to talk about my dad. It was painful in the sense that uh, they, the jokes wasn't working because they were just so sad. <laughs> I couldn't get them to be funny enough. And that was very frustrating. And so... So there's that too. And That's then, a real problem I have too, is I feel like when I started, I was, I went right for the deep stuff. I oh, was like, okay. let me right. get dive to my right. deepest point. Right. Like I'll have comedians be like, I hope you know that joke is never going to work on stage. And it's kind of like, That's not true. 
but also I do jokes sometimes just to tell the audience a little bit about myself, knowing it's not going to be funny, but just to prove to myself that I will tell that story about myself on stage and not be scared of it, just to kind of break that barrier. People are going to hate me when I say this, but uh, any person that's willing to come up to you to give you advice, don't, don't listen to them. I don't like comedy advice that much. I mean, I like people talking about comedy, but when they're like, you should do this instead of this, it's yeah, like, I, I we like have that. a different sense of humor. I remember one of my best first jokes, a comedian literally being like, that's not funny. Right. And then it was like one of my first jokes that would kill. Like, yeah, you know, when you have a joke that you know yeah, is going to kill yeah, every works, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I could rely on this joke. But I dove headfirst into personal stuff. And right. it's that's my problem now is like, I don't even want to write about like peaches or like, do it, do I, it. I, yeah, I just do it. I like stories. I like telling stories. Right. But this is the thing. Um, Joey Diaz said this. He was like, your first 10 years, you should try everything. Your first 10 years in comedy, you should just try everything. Um, it doesn't matter. You, you don't, you're not good at telling stories, tell stories. If you're not good at one-liners, do one-liners. Uh, you're not good at certain things, just do them. Um, Jerry Seinfeld said this too. He was like, most comedians, when you see them, what they're sh- telling, the jokes they're telling, this is their best stuff. This is what they're good at. Uh, and usually most comics are limited. They can't do impressions. They can't do stories. They can't do this one-liners, things like that. So my, my thing is like, try everything, do everything within the, like if you're comfortable, if it makes you comfortable, if you if you're comfortable talking about darker stuff, talk about it. Do it. If you want to talk about superficial stuff, more surface level, do it. Whatever. There's no reason um, to limit yourself as a young comic because you never know what you may find. You may be horrible at one thing and then really great at something else, but you may never discover that you may be just okay, and then you can maybe make that to really good. You might never be great at it, but now you're a more balanced comic. Then you're just being a one trick pony. Well, it's funny how the first joke I ever wrote was a one-liner. See? There you go. Like, not like, oh, this is silly. Like, when I was really like, this right. is the first joke I'm going to tell on stage. Right. And I, I actually have been bringing it back into right. my act just because it's silly because it's fall time. It's a, it's a yeah. I'm scared about going outside yeah. during the fall because I feel like the trees are trying to fuck me. <laughs> It's like put some leaves on or something. It's just a stupid joke. And it was the first one I ever wrote. And that's not any way even close to the comedian that I am right now. now. But that's good. It's like, it's a, do you remember the first joke you ever wrote? Uh, Good one or first joke ever? First joke. (laughs) Or good one. You don't have to tell Uh, me a shitty joke. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell the shitty jokes. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I have it recorded somewhere. So I know I have it. Um, but I think one of my first jokes ever I wrote about, uh, this, was, this is very bad. <laughs> I'm going to say the ones I can remember. I don't remember exactly. I think the first joke technically uh, I wrote about was about Bruno Mars and um, cultural appropriation, you know, something like, you know, like subject. And I was saying something about how it makes no sense for people to say that he's appropriating because um, that's what humans do. We appropriate. It's like uh, a thousand years ago when a guy saw another man making fire, he was like, oh, snap, that's. That's dope. Oh, no, we don't need, he don't need to give him credit for that. That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, that's but, a good premise. Uh, whatever. Uh, and uh, <laughs> no, no one laughed that night. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I remember those first bombs. Yeah, those first, but those first bombs. Uh, but, but the point is, I was trying to talk about, the point is, oh, yeah. is like, I was just trying to get into, like, I wanted to talk about things that I cared about, which, culture society because that's the things i was bruno mars. bruno mars you know because i love bruno bruno's great uh uh he's a he's a great artist uh and i hate when people be like oh well he's not black so he shouldn't do black 
style type music. It's like, but that doesn't make any sense. This, first of all, we're all human. I know uh, the powers that be, whoever has put it into our heads that, oh, you're white, I'm black. You should do only white things. I should only do black things. That is one of the most racist things you could think of. When you say you can't think about black, that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. We're both human. When we bleed, you know, when the air hits it, our blue blood, it turns red like everybody else. So, or purple or whatever is going on. Um, so it doesn't make sense to be like, oh, you're human, I'm human. We can't do the things that we've, but we've always done that. We've always shared things, appropriated things, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's just what humans do. We, call, we watch monkey see, monkey do. Right? So that's what we do. in college, I had a class called Black Lives Matter. And it was, <laughs> and it was taught by a white man. Of course it was. Yeah. Of course it was. Because he's white guilt. Yeah, but that's that's too much. Like this is a super liberal school. The right. class is black, but that's too much. Can I be honest with you about being black? Uh, uh, yeah, you can be. Some like, of you us, can be honest. I can be honest about black. being black. Uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> I think that some black people, black people may hate me for exposing this, but I think some black people enjoy like the white tears, like the, the they enjoy your white guilt. They, mm-hmm. they enjoy that you feel bad, uh, which the, it, it doesn't make sense. Like uh, my, my, like to, with, to hold your ancestors responsible for something that happens to me today doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense. And, and so for me, I've never understood that. You know what I'm saying? Like you're my friend. That's it. There's no reason to make you feel guilty about, oh, this white cop in Minnesota shot this black dude. Hey, your people need to to fix your or whatever. Get your shit together. It's like, what? what? That but I have it. friends who do try to, like, justify that shit, and I cut them off because I what, do. Justify tr- what? Like, what, what do you like, mean? Like, justify police brutality. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, police uh, are human. They make mistakes. Yes. And uh, I don't, personally, I don't like um, when people see something horrible happen and just assume this man is evil. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, some of it is, yeah, there's some prejudice in there and it might be a little, like there could be racism involved with some of the shootings for sure. But what we don't know a lot of times is that this is a snippet you're seeing of this person. Yeah, can this person be evil all the time? Yes. And then when we go into their history, like the guy from uh, Minnesota, yeah. turns out this guy's a bad dude, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so cool. That makes sense. But then there's other situations where it was like, well, this guy really hadn't had no issues before this. And then this situation happened. Now this guy's the devil. I don't like that too much either. And yeah. so it's like uh, we're judging people off of snippets. And then as a black person, that's, that's something we had to deal with a lot, where people see you baggy pants, hoodie, you're a gangster. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing it to other people now as being... Pretty, it's actually pretty hypocritical. It's tough, though, because, like, I do. But then, like, Blue Lives Matter, as an organization, the cops who started it in New York City are we- a war after Eric Garner died are wearing T-shirts that say, like, I can breathe. Yeah. And those are police wearing. Well, that's tribalism. And that, yeah, but that that's is tribalism. fucked. Like, those cops, even yeah, if they're. But it's. Yeah. Humanity, humanity in general. We're all fucked up. Yeah, well, I have a teacher that taught a class called Black Lives Matter who's a white guy. Like, I, I think that white guy's cool. But I also think he's doing it for the wrong reasons. I think he's trying to make up for his ancestors' whatever uh, and I crimes. Think he, I think he was very knowledgeable on the subject. Right. But he was also the type of person. He, in class, said, you better fight every... Uh, every relative at Thanksgiving that says something, you need to challenge them. He said, you need to never say 
Do you know there was a right-wing um, journalist, gay, married to a black man, Milo Yiannopoulos? Oh, yeah, Milo. So okay. he, I was trying to have a, I'm not a fan of him, but right. I was trying to have a discussion with him about yeah. like what, and right. he said, Though, that name shall never be mentioned in this classroom. Like he's fucking Voldemort. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. this yeah. is why I, I don't, that, yeah. like if you, those things where it's like argue with every single relative you see right. you're not allowed to say these people names in right, class right, it's right. like are you doing this for the right reason like that's is true this- uh, that's one thing i don't like about today's world versus back in the 90s we used to have conversations we'll sit down where people pro-black pro you know pro-white they'll sit down and they'll have a conversation they'll fight eventually you know you know now and that was fun that was fun to see a, a white supremacist get hit in the face with a chair but uh Ultimately, they were still they were willing to sit down and have a conversation. Now we're really refusing to have a conversation, which is like really strange because uh, the for the, for you to be able to think, you have to be able to speak, and and you won't know until how this person thinks until you let them speak. So it's better to bring a person in and be like, okay, let's have a discussion, and I, I'm going to destroy you uh, by destroying your your logic and things of that nature. Uh, and why you think why your thinking is faulty. Uh, you should give people an opportunity to you see how dumb they are. Yeah. See how dumb they are. And, uh, and and the thing is too. But listen, back to the tribal thing. It's like uh, we pick tribes, and so ultimately the cops are going to be like, well, yeah, they may feel like, yeah, black people have gotten the shorthand, you know, the shorthand of the stick, whatever. I don't know how you say that. Uh, but they're also saying all police are trash. So I'm going to support Blue Lives Matter because. I'm a policeman and I'm not trash. It's not really all oh, black people. F you guys or black lives don't matter. It turns into that because it's my tribe. You have to be Republican or Democrat, black or white, not black race, but like yeah. the, there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. And most people in the middle, most people are feel like, yeah, black people have uh, had a tough in this country. And, um, but they also believe like if the police tell you to stop or give you a command, you should listen. So there's like that. That's both. Uh, that's both ends. I, I tend to think like um, as technology gets better, we're gonna be able to not shoot people. Um, they, there's this technology where they're using. It's like a, it's like a dildo that wraps around you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it's gonna be a way to bring people down without shooting them. Mm-hmm. So I think there's we're solving those problems as time goes on. Right now we're dealing with people. We're in the um, middle ground. We're in the middle ground right now where the technology hasn't been implemented yet and spread out widespread. But as things like that start to develop, I think there'll be less and less stuff like this happening. People Um, talk about living in history and it's, we are living it, but it's kind of funny. Like when I think about other things that go on in history, how we thought it was so polarized, I start thinking now like, oh, most people were probably in the middle and then history just grew it. Like, this is going to be what we're living in right now right. is going to be stretched and overplayed. It's going to be like everyone was on this side or this side. And there was like, but that's really not what it is. It's just the voices are the loudest. Yeah. It's, the voices that are heard are the loudest. But we're not honest. This country is not a very honest country either. In terms People of this aren't history. honest. This in is history, true. like. This is true. I, I, all I'm saying is, is that uh, like uh, <laughs> black people have a reason for saying the things that they say, you know, and from the other side, they're saying all lives, especially all lives matter. People is like uh, we're not we're not making this up like the way the cops have been treating us for hundreds of years. Like this is not pretend. And and so I've, I it seems to be like the, the way the tribes get developed, it seems to be like, oh, white people are terrible and black people are terrible. That seems to be the main thing. And then they just pick a side, even though both sides, if you probably sit them down individually, agree. Yeah, 
they have a point here and then they have a point but we're refusing to do that now and it's uh it's gotten to the point where it's uh i don't know i, I we'll see i think comics or comedians stand up comics uh we're the last um i guess uh, uh <laughs> we're like the last line of defense for the ability to speak your mind mm-hmm. and uh I'm not saying it's going to be our responsibility to be able to keep this, um, to make fun of both sides, to keep the dialogue uh, open uh, between the two. But I think it may have to turn into that as we get older, you know, because we're known as truth tellers. And so it might be, we might be the only ones left that are be, they're actually honest about how things are and, and everything like that. But both sides need to talk to each other is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that's a, such a big problem. Man, there was even beef on this podcast, and I just was like, talk to each other. Don't message me. There was... About a previous guest. About a previous guest. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, people, I think, they want to create drama. They want... Like, I dislike George Carlin as a comedian. I'm not a big Ooh. fan of George Carlin. I know. I know. And I really like making people mad by saying that because people get so mad at it. And I realize that's kind of how a lot of things are. But if someone talks shit about Joe Rogan, Mm. I will be that person where you're like, don't you dare talk shit about Joe Rogan. You turn to the people that don't like you. But then if George, if someone's like, I like George Carlin, I'm like, he's not even a real comic. Like, I just like pushing buttons. Yeah. And there's an aspect. Yeah. But on minute levels. Right. But then when you realize you can get so many likes or so many people listening, when you push buttons on big scales. Right. Right. Like by saying, you can't even say Milo's name in this classroom. That's pushing a button on a big scale that he probably enjoys. Yeah, he gets yeah. Ah. pleasure out of being like, yeah. I get to silence him yeah, yeah. on my small scale. Yeah, well, most people are, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, And but, I don't support Milo and I don't like him, but I don't agree that we shouldn't even be able to say his name like he's Voldemort in a classroom when I'm going to talk badly about him. I want to hear right. what you have to say. Right. about a gay man married to a black guy who's very conservative. Right. Milo is a provocateur, you know. Yeah. Uh, he does say things. He gets pleasure for being a troll also. Uh, and I think th- there's an aspect of that that we don't talk about, that there's a lot of people who like saying crazy things because they know they're going to get a certain reaction. And uh, we don't talk about that enough. And I think people take people seriously too much sometimes. It's like when you're just being a troll. Uh Man, I did not want to be serious uh, at all. This, <laughs> is a, this is a self-help podcast. Self, serious conversation. We, we, got, half, no we got our first there. half was all joking, and our second half is Basically serious. Basically what I'm saying, I don't like black people. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, no, I think it's a, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a serious issue. But I think uh, podcasts, things like that, are going to continue to have open discussion because you're willing to talk to different people and things like that. And uh, in terms of disagreements, that's always going to happen. No yep. matter what, you can't. Also, stop we should be able to have disagreements and still be friends. Like that's what I don't. I have arguments with friends, and I'll really yeah, disagree with how they feel on a base level right. about something. Right. But that doesn't mean I'm not gonna. Now there are friends. I well, not friends. There are people that do things, and I'm like, okay, you're not dead to me, but I will no longer see you at a level that I saw you before. But I can also disagree with a friend and still like them. Yeah, I um, I see what you're saying. I, I if you don't fight with your friend, I don't think they're a friend. Like yeah. honestly, if you can't, you know, because then if you're always on eggshells, you know, you don't ever get mad at each other. I think that's that could be problematic. But 
I don't know. Like, there's nothing. There's almost nothing a friend could do to me um, that would make me like, oh no, we can't mess around with each other. But there is a pattern of behavior that if you start doing something that I don't like, and then you keep doing it, then I'm like, okay, you don't like me. Now I have proof. I have evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, like a discussion, us arguing, that's nothing. I'm like, oh, whatever. It's just a stupid argument. I want to be right. You want to be right. So we're going to disagree. Say whatever we want to get yeah. to the. And we're going to disagree with each other, even if we agree. But in the moment, I want to win. In the moment, you want to win. So we're going to say whatever. And sometimes it gets a little personal and things like that. But in terms of, I, I look at your behavior. If you do something I don't like, and then you do something else I don't like, and then you do something I don't like. Now I got a question. Okay, maybe you don't like me. It's more like that. More than just, oh, we're arguing and we're always arguing. That's not enough. You have to actually do something I, you know, other yeah. than the words. Words exactly. are enough. Anyway. I love, yeah, I do like arguing with friends. One of my favorite things is getting into like a heated argument with a friend. And then you're like, I love you, bro. And you hug it out afterwards. Cause yeah. like, but I also don't, I try not to argue with people anymore. It's, <laughs> I do like people say shit that's so stupid right. and so dumb that it's like, uh, right. I literally like, I can't, it's no, there's no point in me other than it's just going to make me mad. Right. But then I'm like, but am I not going for how I feel? Like, am I not standing by my yeah, morals? But, uh, being honest is, is, I think it's overrated in a weird way. We're not honest all the time anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're uh, not even honest to ourselves. Exactly. If we were honest to ourselves, we wouldn't follow our dreams. This is true. I am very delusional. I, I, I get that. <laughs> like, uh, that was part of the thing that bothered me. It was like, oh, I'm a black comedian. There's a, there's a ton of us. Um, 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 the guy that runs, um, I think the comedy seller, I think his name is Norm. Oh, no, I forget his last name. Um, but, uh, he brought up a chart. This is on comedy seller nightly, whatever they do a round table. And yeah. he brought up this chart of the percentage of all comics that get booked in the United States and black men get booked 20% of the time, which is, well, only 6% of the population in general. So that's a very, that's overrepresentation mm-hmm. on a large degree. Um, and it's like, I know that, that a lot of funny guys, black guys exist. And how am I going to be able to stand out amongst them? And it's very difficult. And, you know, and, and so I'm like, ah, am I wasting my time actually doing comedy? There's a lot of funny black people, black guys. And things we like were that. talking to a straight white male comedian. Like, this is true. But the thing about white comics, that's um, very interesting. Uh, I find very interesting is that uh, you don't have to be well actually in a weird way it depends some of you could be you have to be great to stand out you have to be almost immaculate at stand up to stand out but it's the same thing with the black comics too you had to stand out but then there's also this underbelly of you run things you know what I'm saying? Like, and you could be mediocre as long Booker? as you're Are you talking about bookers? Yeah, basically. You could be But they're not going to be big on a, they might be big on like a local level, but they're not. Well, they're still gatekeepers and that's still power. That you know? goes back to our joke writing, how I don't like writing jokes about whatever is because like, I want to be 100% unique when I write a joke. That's why I don't, I try to have a good amount of turnover of jokes. Right. Me too. But I yeah. also... Don't because I want my jokes to be unique to me. Like I want this joke to be mine. It I work on it. It's mine. So right. I'm unique. I want a fresh voice because I know it's hard to get a fresh voice out of someone who looks like me. Or just talk about yourself. And that's what I do. And I yeah, feel yeah. like I. Yeah. Just keep doing that. I'm, I don't want to, but like I feel like I've gotten to a place where I'm okay at it. Like yeah, yeah, I won't yeah, say yeah. good at it or great at it, but right. like I know. 
like the path I'm supposed to be on. When I say I close my eyes and I know my path, I mean it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's di- it's all it's all hard. Comedy's hard. Your road's gonna be hard. My path, your path is gonna be hard. Your journey's gonna be hard. But my has life be ever been easy? That's what I think never, about it. It's like never. it's easier now for us than it was for our ancestors. It sure. was easier for me now than when I was a fucking kid. Like when I was a kid. I was trying to think like I, everyone wants to think they had a good childhood. Everyone does. Like, you don't want to think, you don't want to think you try to convince yourself. No, no. No? I knew it was bad. I knew it was shitty. I tried to convince myself so hard. And then now I'm like, Oh, I get, I'm in control of my own shit. Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's, a hard path, like it's my path. Be- I'm in charge. Yeah, I'm doing it. Sort of, sort of. This sort of. Listen, like, <laughs> I'll be very honest with you. Uh, life is uh, is being in the right place at the right time. A lot of times, it's just luck. That's why I'm. It's ch- that's why I'm spiritual. Right. Oh, let's see. There you go. Uh, and so I, I don't believe in coincidences too much. Um, I think some people are prepared for the opportunity. Some people are not. The people that are not prepared, they don't succeed. And the people that are, they succeed. Do you believe in a higher power? Yes, I still believe in God. God. I'll say God. I believe in a God. Yeah, I'm not, I, believe, yeah. I don't believe in any organized religion, but I do believe in God. Yeah. 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 I, that's not true. I believe in some organized, I believe in parts of some, <laughs> some like, like a little bit of everything. Exactly. Like parts of Buddhism, Buddha, parts of, of Christianity, Christianity a little exactly. bit of Catholicism, a little bit of a, you know, Islam. Yeah. It's a little bit of, yeah. You're, you're um, <laughs> like it's a buffet of religion. Like, like is uh, everyone wrong? You know what I mean? Like everyone, like, that's how, like, we don't everyone's know. Everyone's right. Everyone's right in their own little way. I don't know about that, but I'll say we don't know. Not ever. There's some pretty. Yeah, yeah. We don't know, there. and the, the the not knowing is what scares everybody into believing something beyond themselves. But you said you believe, so that is you knowing. Like I know. See, like it's hard. Like I feel like I know. like I. It's not that I feel. I. But that's know. based on my personal things that's happened to me. Um, but but don't discredit. Well, your my, own there's, a other, there's a, also a piece of me that, that also believes like um, this is very strange. Like what we're doing here, we're talking on a microphone that's going out into the Internet that's going through space and the air and hitting people in the asshole. And uh, they're watching this and listening to this. That's very strange to me. Uh, we live on a little speck of a planet and then we have celebrities. There's ways to become a movie star. It's like it's weird. Like what we're doing here, we're like we're playing pretend in a in a vast universe. Like it's very strange to me. And, um, I feel an importance. Don't you feel an importance to life? There's people who don't. There's people who don't, and that's depression and that's suicide. That's- Three thousand years from now, none of us will be remembered. But what if our entity, like when I'm like when everyone says this and they're like, isn't it crazy that we're alive in this time? No. No, because we've always been alive. Our, we've always our, been alive. Yeah. Our entities just move. We might not remember everything, but right. it's like a computer That's that gets backed up. Yeah, yeah, we get yeah. like, uh, it is reincarnation. Like yeah. we're always going to be alive during every time, even if we don't remember. So it's never crazy that we're living in this time because in a thousand years, we're going to be living in that time. Well, you sound like a crazy person. I might be, but I really believe, like, um, I don't care. Like I I'll get passionate uh, no, yeah, about yeah, it yeah, because yeah, I believe in yeah, that. Yeah, you're a religious like, person, so that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't have enough uh, to say one way or the other. All I know is is that uh, uh, in this world, I try not to be too mean to people. If I, if I am mean to you, it's because you deserve it. That's number one. Uh, number two, uh, I try. I, I know how every, it's, <laughs> our world is very like fragile. People are hanging on to a thread, most people. And so I don't want to live, I don't want to go throughout life 
trying to, and this is like Buddhist, I think, uh, type of thing is like, I don't want to go through life hurting people. So I try not to be, I try to be a positive force more than a negative force in people's lives. And uh, because I don't know what, am I going to be the, the straw that breaks the camel's back? So I try not to be as much as possible. That's all I can control. Everything else beyond this, like what was supposed to do, not supposed to do. I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's weird. It's weird. Uh, Cause unfortunately people use religion in a very malicious way and uh, to control people and things like that. And uh, it shouldn't be about anyone else other than yourself. Like I believe that my God is probably different than your God. Who's different than the neighbor next door's God. Fucking my mom's God. Like yeah, my everyone, God has a purple penis. So. <laughs> everyone is different. And, yeah. um, but that's the kind of like the only way you can help others is when you show them how to be the best version of yourself. Whenever I tell someone that this is what you need to do to get better, it never works. But when I show them that when I did it, it worked, and then they start learning a little bit, that's why I believe in myself 100%. So if I don't believe in myself, then it's not going to happen. If I don't believe in the universe that I'm creating, then that's not going to happen. And that's kind of why... Even if I'm wrong in the end, I'm steadfast on my beliefs. Because if you don't believe in yourself, then it's never going to happen. Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. It's, I, don't, I don't go either way because talented people don't have to do everything that everybody else does. You know, like uh, if you're talented, you can skip a couple steps. You could um, round a couple corners. It's just not completely necessary. Um, I don't think everybody that is successful is because they believed in themselves. I think some people are successful because they're talented and they worked hard and then it just so happens they became successful. So there's that that exists also. You know what I'm saying? The world that you're creating is good. That's, that's, it's good to look. Any outlook where you're not hurting anyone is I'm, I'm pro that. I want to make everyone like the yeah. reason I do comedy and the reason I do podcasting is because I want to help people. Because when I was that 16 year old laying in that dark room and I didn't know who I was and I didn't feel connected to anyone and I felt like a loser. I listened to those comedians and the podcasters right. and I was like, oh, they helped me. They helped, like they showed me a life that I want to live. And I want to do that to another lonely 16 year old who's a fucking loser. And if I can help that one person, then yeah, that's I'm, the reason I'm doing it. But this. we're all losers. We're all losers. You know, uh, we're just not losers. We're that, following our dreams. And yeah. Not if but, you're happy. Yeah. I, don't, I, I still think I'm a loser in a lot of different ways. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I am chasing my dream. True. But I don't think that makes me not a loser. I don't want to get to the point where it's like I, I've accomplished my goals and then I, I think I'm better than anyone either. So I'm not I'm not better than you. It's just that. But if you accomplish your goals, then you can help other people try to get to them accomplishing try, their goals. Try. I like try Kevin to- Hart uh, start. We talked about this on the episode seven, right. I think, with Julio Castillo. Uh, we talked like. Kevin Hart doing the financial literacy for the inner city. Right. It's like he made so much money and learned how to invest that he wants to teach people how to like financial literacy is something that needs to be taught. Right. And he can do, he only can do that because he found success in and he's extraordinarily greedy. He's a greedy person, very selfish, narcissistic person. You think so? Uh, yeah, you need, you need to have that kind of mindset to be able to make that kind of money. You gotta be all about you. And all about the cheddar, cheddar, cheddar. Give me the bags and all that stuff, you know, the cabbage or whatever they call money nowadays. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a part of it. It's a, but people are multiple things at once, you know. He could be want to be helpful, but he's also a very greedy guy, you know what I'm saying? Very yeah. hungry guy. So he's able to do You think both. you can't be successful without being greedy? <laughs> um, damn, that's tough. Yes and no. Yeah, yes and no. 
I think you need to be selfish for sure um, because uh, you need to put your self-interest first above everybody else's. I'm a selfish person in that way. Even though I want to help everyone, I put myself, fuck, I missed the day. I was thinking about this the other day. The day my grandfather died, I went to see Theo Vaughn do stand up that night. Yeah, that's how you cope. That's how, but it's like comedy over everything. Yeah, but and that's, that's how selfish, you cope. but it's also it's on a path. It's for it's for a forward progression. I, but I can never judge anybody how they deal with it, with pain. Yeah, I I can't. I I really can't. Like I was, uh, when my grandfather died, I was more in denial for a while. I was like, nah, nah, nah you know. Because I felt guilty about not saying I love you to him the last time I saw him. Because mm. I, I, because I, I was upset with him, you know, because he's old and he's weird and stuff like that, and uh, and uh, <laughs> he comes from a different time, and and he was he had these expectations of me that I didn't like, and so I was like, eh, whatever, bye, sir, I'll see you later, grandpa, and I didn't say I love you, and then when he when he passed, it was like ah, I could, you know, next time, moving forward, no matter how I feel, I'm gonna try to be nice. Uh, and so that's the lessons I've learned as I've gotten older and stuff like that. I, I don't try to help people, um, but also be selfish. It's it, you can do both. It's it's in within you to be. You have the capacity for both. So uh, you you've been able to accomplish a lot a lot in your life so far, right? You're only 23, and you already have a passion that you care about. You want to do podcasting. You want to do comedy. Keep doing those things, but also um, help people. But also be selfish. You know, it's not. Be more selfish, actually, not just, you know, but uh, be mindful that, uh, you know, people are listening to you. You are an influencer now. It's disgusting. I just said that. I said influencer. That's nasty. Um, But uh, but yeah, but that's that's good. But that's good. You're chasing your dreams. And um, yeah, don't don't be. It's not one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? It's like you could do all things uh, all at the same time. More than some more than others, of course. But uh, yeah, you're you're, you're multiple things inside one person. So. I wouldn't get stuck in that thinking um, all the time. Man, yeah. I love you, Gerby. I'm really happy we did this. I want to have you on again, but we, we've done like an hour and 15 minutes I'm already. sorry. I'm Don't sorry. be sorry. This I wasn't was funny that entire time. I like the serious ones. I actually, this is one of my favorite that I've recorded but in But I a like while. booty juice, and that's the thing I wanted to talk hey, about. Hey, <laughs> we're ending on, do you want to plug anything? Ah, uh, plug anything? I'm a loser. I'm a nobody. Uh, What's your Instagram? My Instagram is funny name Gerby. Cause my name is funny and um and uh yeah so that's pretty much it my find me on instagram uh i, I think i made a post about al christakis last night that was pretty funny oh when he beat me up well <laughs> yeah I was, I was a little violent he's a little it hurt it, did hurt. <laughs> it hurt a lot i have a bruise because of him <laughs> find you, on his uh page a video of al getting naked and beating me up while i tried half to naked sing, he only got the nips tried out. to he sing hot in here by nelly only on nips only the nips uh, he only had the nips out, which I appreciated. I mean, he, he has very woman-like boobs. So that was very nice. It was very enjoyable. Sorry, yeah. Al. I know you don't want to say that, but that's true. Uh, very lovely. Very nice. All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, check out our page on YouTube, um, Apple, Spotify. Like, subscribe, comment. I love you all, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for having Happy me. National Podcast Day. Yay.